From the Mount Smart faithful to the bandwagon supporters and everyone in between, we share a special bond. The Warriors. And who better to talk about the team we love than a bunch of nobodies? Let's go, because this is Warriors Anonymous. Kia ora, welcome to Warriors Anonymous. First of all, um, thanks for listening, because by listening, it means you're actually still a Warriors fan. And after the week that we've had as Warriors fans, like I, I really do applaud you uh, for uh, for sticking around, because... It ain't been easy. Uh, welcome along to the show. My name is Jared Cronin. We have got the boys. We've got the band back together. Welcome back to Isaac Sauce, bro. How are you, man? <laughs> yeah, good to uh, be back in a way. Uh, <laughs> yesterday's game, you know, trying to watch it and do some prep. Bad idea. Bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, you, you picked a hell of a time to come back. Yeah, that's for that's for damn sure. We've also got Moni the Sauce. Hey, my man. Kia ora katoa. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see all of the game. I was busy uh, doing the barbecue for uh, Misaki and uh, Isaac while they were <laughs> while they were watching the game. But um, I think I got enough. And um, the bigger thing is the whole week leading up to the game is probably more talk, more of the talking point. Absolutely. Ordinarily, watching the game would be the better end of that deal. But this week, I'm not entirely sure who got the best of, of that particular trade. But uh, I've also got Daniel Whanakara. Hey, my man. Hey, kia ora te um, The week that was, eh? The week that was, it translated on the field. But shit, man. We're at a low point. But hey, we love the Warriors. That's why we're here. They'll be back. Don't fret, boys. Don't fret. But- and how does that old saying, that old saying always goes, you know, the... Um, what is it? Like the the dawn is close when the the night is darkest, or something like that. So the the dark is darkest at dawn, or something like that. Something like that. Dawn is always darkest at dawn. <laughs> <laughs> When's uh, Father's Day? <laughs> Sunday. Father's Day. Sunday. Oh, the day. Sunday. <laughs> dawn is darkest if the dawn is there, oh, and if dawn is not there, Sunday. then it's not dark. Yeah. <laughs> when is dawn again? Father's Day. Father's Day. Like, even we've actually given people more, um, you know, well, well, more value, I think, than the whole Cameron George um, press conference already. So. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Now, first of all, um, Daniel, you're ripping the Warriors colours there, bro. You got the uh, the new jersey, the Amokura, I think it is, worn this weekend right. to um, limited success, but not the jersey's fault. But, bro, it's uh, it's looking good, man. Yeah, kapai. It's um, yeah, like the color and what it represents, and the artists that put it together. So thought, uh, yeah, thought I'd go and get it. But uh, to Chestavanga's point, got plenty of jerseys, <laughs> no trophies. Yeah, <laughs> uh, indeed. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough time. Before we even get into the tough questions, let's just lighten the mood a little bit. <laughs> let's play a little bit of short balls to get things going, get warmed up. Isaac, how would you describe the week that was in a movie? Classic. Uh, John Travolta, Nick Cage, face off, right there. <laughs> I don't, I don't know which one Robert would be, and I don't know which one Lodge would be. But either option's pretty good between the two of them. <laughs> Absolutely, quality movie too. Um, was that Michael Bay? I think at his uh, at his peak. Had to be um, a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and before we get to Buddha's movie, uh, apparently you've just clarified. The little saying that we have been completely butchering, bro. Darkest dark, dawn is dawn. Darkest dawn. Where is the quote? 
dawn is dark. Yeah, it is. The darkest hour is just before the dawn. Here we go. I prefer your your version. <laughs> yeah. Darkest dark and dawn is dawn. Yeah. 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 That just had had more sway for me. More power. More, more, more powerful. More pizzazz. Darkest dark and dawn is dawn. Too true. Too true. Oh, Too man. true. So oh, true. We are making fantastic progress on this episode. Um, but uh, <laughs> how would you describe the week that was in a movie, bro? Oh, man. I had two coming to mind. Ooh. First was Inception because <laughs> it started off with like something pretty cool and then I got lost. <laughs> so fucking lost in that movie. <laughs> I don't know what, who was saying what, what world they were in. You got lost in and- the horns. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do yeah, something man. serious. So there was shit flying around left, right, and centre from Lodge, from Roberts, the club, Cameron George. Wow. And no one, no one will really know what actually went on. Well, a few people will. But, um, and the other movie I had was a pretty strange one, uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Um, and I don't know if, you've, if you guys have seen this one, but basically it's uh, two young chickies go uh, meet a, a dude and they just all get, all get loved up. Everyone's happy, love, lovey, lovey. And then the ex-wife turns up and tries to shoot everyone. So <laughs> it just ends up being a mess. Don't see that one happen. Can't see that happen. <laughs> last, like last week. Right. So there you go. So there was no like equivalence, like Lodge isn't the ex-wife or anything. It's just it's just a complete mess. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ex-wife must be Mike Roberts. Uh, he came flying through. But look, I just thought we were in love with everyone at the start of the season. And now that love is gone. Oh, that's some quality. Uh, I had a quick one as well, um, just based on the guy at the top, the leader, um, his bullheadedness leading us into trouble. Um, so my movie is Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Let's get in some exciting questions, fellas. <laughs> Real exciting ones this week. Is this the worst Warriors season ever? <laughs> I can't think of a season where this has been as much controversy. Like, mm. We can't blame the coach and the players. There seems to be a bit yeah. more going on. Yeah. Mm. Seems to go to new heights. I mean, the previous week was like the storylines were CHT not re-signing and then the Lodge, you know, leaving. And then like the following week, it was kind of like yeah. just following up those storylines and they just got worse and worse. And it was like, oh, shit, guys, what's going on here? Um, but anyways, let's delve into them a little bit, those storylines, because yeah. Chanel Harris-Tavita, our guy, decided that uh, he's going to take some time away from rugby league altogether. And yeah, I guess it was a really, really brave thing of him to do to, you know, to really just walk away from the game for a little while and just kind of, um, you know, do what he wants to do. Isaac, what did you think of the maturity shown by Chanel in, in making that decision? I think it's um, a whole bucket load of maturity from CHT to turn his back on what everyone expects him to do is just be a professional footy player and to go, no, I'd I'd rather, you know, go find myself and, you know, continue my writing and go and travel. And sounds like he, he just wants to grow up a bit or grow up outside of the world of rugby, which is a world he's probably all he's known, <laughs> I guess, and all he's been expected to to know. So I applaud him for it, eh? Like when I when I saw that, I was just like, good on him. Just made me respect him even more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean I was I was very much in the same camp. Also, I guess, we kind of joked the week before that, you know, we'd interviewed him this year and, um, 
you know, and now he decided that he wasn't going to play for the Warriors. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the following week it was like, oh, no, he's decided. He's actually just walking away from rugby league altogether. So, um, you know, top, top-notch job all around there, fellas, for our interview skills, obviously. <laughs> Daniel, onto the Lodge saga. I've now renamed uh, Mr. Laydown Lodge to Paydown Lodge. Um, <laughs> bro, what, <laughs> give, us, uh, give us your take on, on the events of how it okay. unfolded. Well, I think, was it Friday I put a post up to saying, whoa, 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 can someone fucking tell me what's going on? I was just couldn't make sense of all the different information coming out. So the best I can summarise it is clearly they've had some kind of disagreement around what weather it may be, but you've just had perhaps my gut feel is a, a style and approach that maybe the owner is not happy with that might might be contributing to team morale as well. Masked by excellent performance as well and a guy that can play quite well. And look, maybe there was some stuff said that means that the club is culpable for what they've done. So they've paid out some hush money, perhaps. Made out some money just to say, hey, look, we'll fulfil your player option because that's what they've done. They've fulfilled his player option for next year, which is interesting because he indicated previously that he wasn't intending to go and take the player option to come to New Zealand. But in his statement, he did say that he was very much open to doing that prior to the December incident that they had. So I think it's just a, a parting ways, keeping someone quiet, which I'll be interested to see if Lodge finds his way back in the NRL because there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of punters out there circling to, to sign him up. And the, the benefit could be to make the club better, but we put ourselves under pressure for $700,000 next year that we don't have available. So that's my best guess, best take on it. That's a real hard thing for a lot of fans to swallow. First of all, the sheer fact that we have to shell out salary cap dollars this year and next year is the real kicker. But Moneta, like the way things were handled during the week, whereby this news broke on like NRL 360. Oh, sorry, NRL 338. Um, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Actually, we've, I think we can reinstall the, <laughs> the missing degrees because it's all been about us as well. We've been in the in the headlines for the wrong reasons. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's fair. We'll give them, give them this week, NRL 360. Yeah. It was the only way that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We had to set fire to some shit to actually get on. But um, yeah, but yeah, like Monitor, like this news broke on the, on the NRL 360. The following day, Cameron George jumps on and starts doing a big long press conference and basically just sits there and, and effectively bullshits the fans and says really nothing. How bad is that from a fan's perspective to just be told, you know, treated almost like idiots because we know there's something going on. They're just trying to cover everything, but we all know as fans, there's something probably more happening behind the scenes. And, you know, it's slightly disappointing. I mean, you know, that time Reese Walsh took the, the cocaine, he fronted up, made his plays front up to the, you know, be honest about the situation and so forth. So um, I think a bit of honesty maybe from Cameron George would have been, I don't know, maybe not sugarcoating it so much, it would have been something that he could have done the same in terms of like how Reese Walsh fronted up. The same way that Brownie fronted up yesterday, all on his shoulders, you know. And I respected Brownie actually saying that. Put all the blame on me. Acon. Convict. Acon. <laughs> you know, <he's... laughs> Sorry. Sorry, put the blame you know, on me. I, I think um, Kevin George, <laughs> Matt Robertson have a kind of part to play in this. They shouldn't be all Brownie. It's just stupid that the fact that they just couldn't coordinate the information coming out at the same time. So Cameron George has that nothing 20-minute conversation just goes around in circles but then Mike Robinson's information yeah, comes out the day later it's like just bad comms internally so yeah 
By the time Nathan Brown did his press conference and put his hand up for, you know, for his fault in the whole saga, mm. I was actually starting to think of a, a very old TV commercial for Crunchy Nut Cornflakes. That's where, <laughs> that's where it's like set in a Western kind of scene, you know, in the States. And like the cops are there and they're like, hey, you know, like uh, you're surrounded. You might as well come down now. Give yourself up. And, uh, and they try and flush this guy out by eating Crunchy Nut Cornflakes. I remember the ad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so all of a sudden they start crunching away and this guy, you know, he, he can't hold his nerves so he puts his hand up and he's like, okay, I'm coming down. And then like within about three seconds another guy's like, I'm coming down too. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, I'm coming down. Like there's about 50 people coming out of the woodwork going, hey, it's all my fault. And that's yeah. what I started to think of. I was like, fucking hell guys, this is like, this is getting a little bit silly now. But Isaac... My big question is, with everything that's happened this season and particularly in the last seven days, where does that leave us in terms of our season? Where do we go to from here? And what state will things be in by the time we return home to Mount Smart for the big homecoming? <laughs> the big homecoming. <laughs> Jeez, that's probably the worst thing. I don't know where the club turns to after this. I mean, we had a lot of optimism last year in our podcast about this year, and it's just to see it the way it's panned out, didn't pick it. Didn't pick this happening last year. Nothing of this sort of magnitude with the club just absolute turmoil. So that is the question. Where where do we go from here? Yeah, that, that's a scary thing. And it's I think it's pretty scary that some of the craziness is happening right at the top of the club because that's the direction of the club, right? Is uh, the guys like Robbo and he's just fucking crazy from the sounds of it. Or, you know, that's what how I see it. Like an alpha male, like, don't pull that shit. Like, you're a business owner. Like, when would you fucking say that? But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. I think maybe they need to rope in some, some older heads, you know, from uh, days gone by in the club. Yeah, that, that's part of the real troubling thing is that when you have on-field performance issues, it's almost like, okay, you can kind of rationalize things and go, okay, we need to make changes here and there, whatever. But the fact that it does start right at the top by the guy who really can't be replaced other than by being bought out or whatever other means. Daniel, what is the deal with Mark Robinson? Uh, I know he's got a crazy good hairstyle, but um, <laughs> what, yeah, what's what's going on there, bro? Like, oh, how, how, yeah. do we, how do we move forward from this uh, at that level? I think we're at a point where we know that yeah, all the disappointment of the opportunity and the elation of maybe having a season where we can compete and for us to get to the top eight is what we would deem success as well. So I think we can probably safe to say that that's not going to happen. So that weight of expectation drops off and then you think, okay, right, what do we do? So for Robinson, I don't know. It's maybe just a guy that really loves the sport and he's got the money to and have a team and he wants to tinker with it as well. I'm just holding up a little bit of benefit of the doubt that he's made these rash decisions for the long-term prosperity of the club you know because I guess we talked about it before on-field inconsistencies managed coaching inconsistencies front office management inconsistencies like all those three things can just they play out in the result on the field for us you throw the turmoil of we just don't have a solid base don't the team doesn't have a sense of belonging They've been living away and all that. I know that stuff where everyone repeats that as well, but it's just all coming to fruition that you just can't get the results out. So maybe it is about removing that bad apple, lodge, get them out, start to get the new players in, start to bring the young guys through. So for him, he might have a master plan. 
I just hope he doesn't ruin the club mm. by just playing football manager or NRL fantasy <laughs> inside <laughs> his own inside his own club. Inside yeah. his own club. <laughs> or our club, our club. Maybe that's how he's playing it, just um, on the app, like, oh, yeah, I'll do it like this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's just been shit. I'm just going to drop him. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I did, I did read an article and he did state that he's like hands off, right? He's totally dependent on Cameron George and Nathan Brown to make the decisions in terms of how the footy club has been run. But um, there's obviously something that's seeping through in terms of how he's doing things into the club, but I'm not quite sure. But he did say that, but maybe it's not happening. Does an incident like this yeah. impact our ability going forward to attract players, to attract coaches because of you know the uncertainty of the guy employing you at the top? Is that a concern for you, Monitor? I think that would, would be a concern. And uh, you've only had to look at the past kind of 11 years. You only have to look at Bluey, how he came in and, you know, just left. And you look before Stephen Kearney. Um, I mean, Todd Payton was probably the exception. You know, we really wanted him to stay. But um, again, with Brownie, I, I guess we'll see what happens. But um, again, did read that they committed to him this year, but he's got one year left. So it's a bit of a wait and see. But So he's signed till the end of 2023, is that right? Yeah, so it's been free. I just don't think the answer is to dump a coach. I mean, you only have to look at the past 11 years. There's something more to it than just the coach again. I mean, we've been trying that for a, how long and that hasn't fixed anything, really. Who was the last coach we made the playoffs under? Was it Steve Kearney? Yeah. 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 2018. Yeah. And then we made, we just scraped into the top eight at that time because it was quite a congested. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a, we had a great season. There were like six teams on 32 and two teams on 34. So we actually had a really good season, I thought, you know, to get that many points. Yeah. And not, and we just didn't get, you know, we faded away towards the end of the season, which obviously meant we bounced out in the playoffs as Sheffield. well. So <laughs> we had a great team that year. Great team. You know, we yeah. had good spine. We were, yeah. But that point, a eh, like Brownie and him going forward, like, there's some good stuff he's, you can see he's doing. Yeah. There's, you know, I think there's some, the inconsistency, like, like that's the one thing I put, picked up on this press conference is that each week it's different players that play well and it's different players that don't play well. And just there's not enough 80% of playing well overall as well. So this week our halves, you know, made costly errors and killed mm. us, you know. And our outside backs did really, really well. I thought really, really well. And our middle did as well as they could uh, without the big boppers that we have as well. So in the previous weeks, it was all our outside backs couldn't catch a cold. I mean, we mentioned it every week, right? It's the basic errors that are costing us the game. You know, we've been in a certain position where we have the chance to take the game out or win the game. And then that's just a couple of errors that sets us back. And it happens every week. And we mention it every week, the basic errors. And um, that showed through Jastavangan's speech. Yesterday. Oh, how yeah, how good. I think for most, I think I'd like to think all fans, all hearty fans, have just gone. Finally, some honesty and some raw emotion around just how they're travelling at the moment, and caught the Sky Sport uh, commentators. uh, (laughs) Yeah, this is my Sky Sport team by surprise. Yeah, they were. But look, man, you just wanted to hear it. eh? You just finally a reaction and someone who week in week out, man, just plays hard. Plays fucking hard, excuse my French. And uh, you're right to be pissed off. So you just want to, you'd love to see that as a catalyst of something just to kind of hold each other accountable. Yeah. We talk about how the Storm do that as well. They sit mm-hmm. down, they they tell each other how they played and, the, and anyone else can tell them if they were good or bad or shit or whatever. Todd Payton was doing that for us at the back end of the 2020 season. We played so well at the back end of the 2020 season with like a, 
bloody Queensland Cup side, right? We had players <laughs> left, right and centre, loans from all over. We couldn't even field 17 some weeks as well. Yet we bloody played well above our weight. It's mm. like you don't have to have all the quality everywhere to have the effort. So hopefully that's something that sparks it. But yeah, hats off to Jazz for saying what he said. Yeah, poor old yeah. Frank at um, Sky Sport would have had a few alerts going off in his uh, production <laughs> track, wouldn't he? Going, uh-oh, swear alert. Another thing as well about that whole Jazz Tavanga post-match, it's for a Warriors fan to sit back and see his honesty was refreshing because we're not really getting that honesty from the management. That's that's all we want as, as fans and supporters, you know, and we're all club members, right, because that's our team. You know, we're part of that club. You know, when the people at the top aren't giving you an honest answer... And then Jazz comes out with that. Well, it just makes it even more powerful what he said. It's like, well, okay, mm-hmm. at least somebody's got the stones or the heart to come out and say it how it is instead of trying to sugarcoat it or pretend that you're you're too stupid to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Jazz just called it ha- how it is. It's just refreshing, you know? Very much so, especially after the last week of, uh, of all the stuff that we've been, you know, fed up, which has been a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually got more stuff we need to cover uh, in terms of our off the field stuff, but also we'll have a look around the NRL and have a little um, couple of little bits and pieces for you as well. But we're going to jump out for just a moment and we will catch you here on Warriors Anonymous. And look out, we're back with some more exciting news about the Warriors. First of all, um, Isaac, I want to chat to you a little bit more about the um, the Nathan Brown press conference after yesterday's game, uh, after the game against the Knights, because he, he actually mentioned a couple of troubling things. Uh, we've already spoken about the fact that he put his hand up um, about the Matt Lodge thing, saying that it was, it was on him. Sure thing, okay. Uh, the thing that I was mostly worried about was that he started talking about all the exciting players that we've got coming in 2023. I've got a major problem with this because... We're still in 2022 and we're only halfway through the season. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean for the rest of our year? And should we even keep watching? But um, bro, what is your take on that when he starts trotting out the players who we got coming in next year? Oh, if you're an existing player on that squad, you'd have to be thinking, what the fuck? Like, I'm right here, dude. Like, I'm working week in, week out for you. Sure, we haven't got the wins, but, you know, it's just a bit of, it undermines the players that are already there. And what about all this talk about, you know, bringing through the youngsters? None of the youngsters have played this year yet. So what do they have to think about that when they hear Brownie talking about that too? Like, it's just all mixed mixed messaging. Like, you know, you guys, you, you um, Dan and Manir were saying before, it's like the PR spin. Like, enough of the bullshit, eh? Like, what are you actually doing with this club? You know? So for him to say stuff like that, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's egg in the face of the people in the team already. It's egg, in, egg on the face of the uh, youngsters coming through. Like, and who wants to play for someone like that when you say stuff like that? Like, I don't, I don't have anything against anything against Brownie. I mean, but that was just bad play right there. Yeah, I mean, like, there's um, there's a couple of us boys going to the first game back at Mount Smart, and I gotta say, at the moment, I'm, I'm not really looking forward to it anywhere near as much as I should be. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that's I think that's a huge problem when you start just really deflating the people around you and your fans and just saying, oh well, you know, next year's going to be better. But um, Buddha, do you think when we reach this same time of year in twenty twenty three, 
Do you actually think we'll be any better than we are now? Oh, it's hard to say because we'll have the issues of uh, a new squad together and uh, trying to gel that together as well. So, the, you know, quite a few players are coming through, quite a few players are leaving. So th- there's a lot more experience coming through, so that's all good. And and we some of those younger guys that are playing at the moment um, that are the likes of Vaila, uh, Pompey as well. I mean, he's been around a while, but he's getting more games. They're actually getting some game time as well. So, but look, I, I wouldn't put all my eggs in the basket for 2023. Um, but yeah, it's, if we've done for the season or close to, you know, I know it's hard to say, but then if we take the opportunity to blood some of those, more of those young guys in as well, then, then you might have a, a good chance for 2023 to, to be a bit more competitive. But, yeah, at the moment, um, we, yeah, we don't. And it's just a gamble saying that we're going to be competitive in 2023 at this stage. What I really don't like about our current setup, this is not really having a go directly at Brown, but maybe uh, at the coaching unit as a whole, maybe even the management. But what I'm concerned about, Moneta, is the fact that we are getting guys coming here and we are not setting them up to succeed. So a guy like Sean Johnson every week, he gets given a whole lot of grief because he's you know making mistakes and making some poor plays, which he is. But what I'm seeing is that he went to Cronulla for three years and he was solid as a rock. So why on earth has he come back here and all of a sudden he's more flighty than he's ever been? What is going on with our setup that is making these players not perform as well as they would at other clubs? I think that is the overall big question from a lot of the fans. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, um, like we've seen in the past with other players, you know, there's, I can't, I can't remember how someone put it, but the, kind of like the graveyard in terms of like players coming through or the transit, you know, like in terms of, you know, when players just come over and just kind of go on a holiday and then they go back off and, into the market, you know, playing better. But um, I think that's one question that all the fans want to know, why. I don't know why. It comes down maybe down to culture. It's just That's the only thing I could put my finger on, the set up the structure of how they do things. I mean, you've got the opposite with Melbourne Storm and Penrith, who sound like they've got some amazing setups and structure, and they turn players who are pretty much nobodies into superstars, where while we tend to go in the opposite way, with some of the plays, <laughs> and um, I guess that that's the big question. And I don't know, man. I wish I knew, mm. but I don't know. Because I mean, like, because we got guys like you know Isaiah Papali left the club, mm-hmm. and he was kind of like you know sort of a little bit hot and cold with us. Mm. All of a sudden, he goes to Parramatta. Yeah, they start. They put him in a system where he's playing a bit wider, out, out wider, and man, he's yeah. thriving. He become the best bloody second rower yeah. in the comp. Right. And it's like, bro, what what are we doing? Like, um, even um, Dejan Assi, a recent example, like he came in uh, in the week of the Canberra Raiders game, and he'd come in like as a, an emergency. He only trained with the team for like one mm-hmm. day. He came in, bloody played like a superstar, and it was like, fuck, this is great. All right, we got something here. Within about two weeks, he's really fitted in perfectly with our system, and that is. He looks about as bad as everyone else in our team. <laughs> so I'm like, it's cold blooded. You know, I'm like, what is going on here? Why are we taking these guys that come in? Like, you know, they're almost better to have no preparation whatsoever. 
um, <laughs> than be in our system. Flip side of that, what about Tohu Harris though? Like Tohu Harris has come from a champion system and his his play is arguably just the same as it ever was yeah, back at Melbourne. Cheers. Week in, week out, he turns it, at, turns it out. But is that because he comes from a system where, you know, players are more accountable, so he knows what's expected of him and he knows what he has to do. You know, he puts it mm. on his own shoulders, his own responsibility to step up and play like that every week. Yeah, absolutely. I think it comes down to the we don't tend to stick the young, the young bloods. You know, you know what I mean. We don't kind of persist, and then you see them mm. go off and play like Papali. You know, being not, but you know, like playing like Papali'i. Papali'i, um, yeah. You know, they go off and play awesome in other clubs. We just in Clockstead. Um, you know, another example, you know, going to Canberra, played awesome you know, for a couple of years. We just don't stick with them. Yeah, there's a couple of things with those examples, though, is that they were last chance saloon as well. So they actually, they sorted their own shit out as well. And not, and I don't think it disrespect to uh, Chance because he was behind Roger. Mm. Oh, yeah, sure. Good boy. He went, he, went for, he went for the base minimum to go to the Raiders. And that's your career, right? Like, you can't make it in there, your last one year, then you're gone. You know, you're out. Good so, point, yeah. And, and and Papa Lee was not quite that bad, but he had to take unders to go to a new club as well. Um, yeah, but look, yeah. I think, yeah, I think to that point, there's the professionalism of the players as well. You know, you know, even um, Chanel's talked about it as well mm. with, with us. You know, it's about preparing well, training well, looking after yourself. You know, Jazz mentioned in his, his uh, beautiful post-match um, interview, Stop drinking for a bit, you know, mm. work focused on his performance. You know, like it's just not good enough now to, you know, no, it's not good enough to just turn up and play football because they're professional athletes. But, you know, you actually need to, it's a profession, right? You know, you need to focus on it and be accountable for performance. So yeah. um, maybe there's something around the club. We're yeah. just not building that high performance culture. Yeah. Mm. I wish we knew the answer, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like, you know, they go, all right, we're NRL players now, and then that's it, and that's where they stop, you know, in terms of wanting to push their ability or, you know, or like their performance levels, like, oh, well, we lost, but I'm still an NRL player. You know what I mean? It kind of feels like that. Like that's where the – that's as far as they ever they feel like they're ever going to go. I mean, look at Peter – oh, sorry, I'm, I was going to get to the point about look at all the players they've lost, like Kim or Marlo. Someone put on the um, – Warriors Till I Die page, his strike rate for the Tigers at the moment, and we let a guy like that go. Peter Hicku, who's going gangbusters for the um, the Cowboys, um, we let him go because he was so plus the requirements. So we had... Herbert. Remember Herbert? I got annoyed. Mm, yeah, Pat Herbert. Why did we get rid of him? Awesome in defense, and we got rid of him, apart from last year. Yeah. So. But, you know, they're going really well now in other clubs, so it has to be a problem with our club. It's not mm. the players, it's something yep. in the club and that's the scary thing yeah well the other thing to that is a game coach's game styles change as well so um ho- hoping at some stage you get Fonzie on who's uh, a podcaster who's I think has got a really good understanding around um you know the actual the game components you know we just talk shit about it which is all good but you know like he he actually has broken down like the the coach's game styles are different so Club players are shipped in and out because they don't suit the game style that the club is trying to trying to move to. Mm-hmm. But that change, it just keeps changing over so much. So there is an argument for us to bet in a coach for a period of time, but then we're obviously not getting the results. But 
uh, it's just so many f- f- facets, eh, that just contribute to the fact that they're just not putting it out on the field. Um, mm. And, yeah, and uh, it's confidence, right? Spoonie, he's been on here for a few few podcasts as well. I think he's sort of summed it up quite well. I mean, you're just not confident, you know. Things just don't go your way, you know. The mm-hmm. bounce of the ball doesn't go your way. Um, and, look, the, the game we lost in the weekend, we were saying before, like, we coughed it up. We they we made them look good. We gave the game away, but just a series of minor events and decisions and poor poor plays just cost us the game. And if you just didn't have the confidence, we just lost it. So that's that also doesn't help when you're um, you're scared to make mistakes and um, worried about kind of you know the the result losing rather than the process. Yeah. That's right. And I mean, a couple of bright spots. Um, Pompey bounced back from his nightmare of a game the previous week. Um, I thought Freddie Lusser could look, look pretty good yeah, um, pretty sharp, once eh? again. So, you know, give him a couple more weeks and he'll look like the rest of us. Um, now, <laughs> we've just quickly mentioned uh, about the, uh, the Warriors Till I Die Facebook page, which is technically a rival uh, Facebook page of ours, but, you know, it's all love. Um, Daniel, you've found a little bit of uh, desperation stakes on, on that particular page, bro. What have you spotted? <laughs> Oh man! So look, I know it's times are tough, right? Times are tough as well. But look, I mean, today they're holding a gospel event: how to know more about God. Um, so look, love the big man up there as well. We all, we all, one way or the other, follow someone. Um, but warriors till I die have uh, called on the big guns, <laughs> ask the fuller, fuller above to help them out. Bring me a higher love. <laughs> Come on, boys! <laughs> but I'd I'd love to see the comment section in here as well because I'm guarantee someone's gone fuck up. Keep <laughs> <laughs> squad. Yep, right. Be him. Yeah. Um, now, um, but uh, run us through a quick NRL rap, bro. What's been happening this week? An Indigenous round in the NRL. Yeah, Indigenous round in NRL. Uh, round twelve. Uh, quick wrap for you guys. Uh, Storm never never lose three in a row, right? Um, and they just own the Turbola Sea Eagles as well. Um, anyone see uh, the Cheese's post match interview with Cam Smith? <laughs> Heard a little bit about this, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just classic. He's the grouse. Apparently, he's the grouse. That was awesome. Um, Panthers, Panthers flex though, didn't they? Really? Uh, Cowboys were diligent. Worked their ass off, but they downtrailed, got downtrailed by the, the Panthers. Um, Ruben Cotter, the uh, the little wombat, <laughs> the little wombat, that, 63 tackles, no misses. No misses. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So, no misses of what a, but uh, Panthers looking strong. Broncos, I still don't think the Broncos are the real deal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> What's but it going to take a, to believe in them, bro? <laughs> I don't know. Well, come on, man. It was a great game because the t- the Titans do what the Titans do. Look, we're in, we're in strife, eh? But those guys are winning games by twenty two points and then losing. Mm. <laughs> but they did. It's it was like a Warriors fantastic game. team of uh, twenty twelve. By the sounds, yeah. we had that run of like twenty plus points. You know, blown leads. Oh, carry yeah. on. Sorry. Yeah. That's all good, bro. Like that, exactly. That's exactly how it feels. Though, you know, um, down to eleven men at one stage. David Fafita scored a try. Only David Fafita could do. Um, 
and look at other other teams in turmoil. The Tigers first half looked amazing. The Bunnies second half looked even better. Um, <laughs> got to tip my cap to Cody. I don't know how he's getting on the field, but he is <laughs> playing full but playing fullback. Good on him, bro. Kicking goals uh, and getting W's, eh? Getting the dubs. Um, and then the Rooster Sharks didn't watch much of this game, but the part I did watch, it looked like it was a bit of a PlayStation game. Like it looked like a Jodolomu outing. It was <laughs> the Roosters were clinical. Um, clearly, 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 Nico Hines' hair was too dry. But um, <laughs> but they came back. They came back. But uh, Joey Manu runs eighty meters to kill it off. Um, and the only other game I saw, because obviously we we recorded this. Um, before the last game was saw a bit of the dragons v the dogs. Dogs are pretty gallant, gallant in defeats. They were up there, but um, what I really loved about the dragons game is Blake Laurie after ninety one first grade appearances gets his first meat pie, gets his first try. So the dragons, um, yeah, get the points. Also good to see the um, bulldogs playing at Belmore. Back at the old spiritual home there of the of the dogs. Yeah, man. That was a bit of a surprise. Bloody packed crowd, like really awesome atmosphere. So Yeah, they reckon I'm there not- was more they had more crowd than they expected, seventeen thousand. I don't think they could only fit like sixteen thousand or something crazy. <laughs> and they bought ten NRL footballs because they're known to lose the footballs over the sideline, <laughs> over the train train tracks. They were down to six balls in the second half. So <laughs> Yeah, I saw Flanagan kicked one like into the the surrounding houses like after his try, just <laughs> booted it off. It was like like Helston Park, or not even Helston Park, like uh, another Moore. rugby ground where you can kind of yeah, <laughs> Alex Moore <laughs> kicked, kicked it, it off towards off towards the mall. <laughs> <laughs> kicked it off. Uh, and that's your uh, oh one thing I was gonna say just before we wrap up is uh, Origin teams are named tonight and tomorrow squads. Mm. Um, so look, I, I reckon this year's origin is going to be a ding dong battle. I don't, I don't see any favourites. Mm. I don't think the Blues are favourites. They've lost a, a few troops. Um, expecting Tony Staggs and Stephen Crichton to be the centres, perhaps as well. No, um, but who knows? And I think Queensland just picks itself pretty quickly. They've just got a good, good bunch here as well. Everyone slots in. The only, the only issue might be Harry Grant. Ah, uh, yeah. A bit of injury crowd, injury cloud, but uh, yeah, looking forward to origin, origin seasons upon us. Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of, um, you know, people predicting like even the Queensland team and yeah, it's looking pretty good, man. I was like, oof, this, this could actually be, yeah, this could be a really good series. So um, here's hoping. Um, anyways, um, let's jump into the expense account for this week because Isaac is back. <laughs> He's back, back again. So rusty at this. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> In the expense report, um, the Warriors haven't played the weekend before Origin 1 since 2017, but have won the last three times they've played games leading into Game 1. So hmm. it's a little bit of hope there against the, the Sea Eagles. Um, CHT, God bless him, has scored 26 points and had seven try assists against Manly as well across the four matches he's played, which has contributed uh, contributed to three wins. Um and for anyone that's clamoring for any new faces to show up in the team, uh, Ronald Volkman, Junior Atuva, and Garrett Smith have, all haven't played since the 30th of April. Pride Peterson Robati hasn't, has only, oh, Pride Peterson Robati has played the most Q Cup games uh, out of any of the Warriors with just six, and Jackson Frey only two. 
and they both last played on the 14th of May. So a bit tough to say bring in some new blood when they've had bugger all game time themselves. Yeah, that's that's a good point because a lot of people do throw out names like, hey, why aren't we trying these guys and the young guys bringing them in? But um, yeah, if, if you haven't got any um, Ks on the wheels, then um, it's, it's a bit tough. But um, anyways, no, that's, that's some really interesting stuff, bro. Um, and I reckon hopefully um, Chanel is, is primed for a big bounce back against Manly because... Uh, you know, by his high standards this year, um, the, the game against the Knights wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't really his best. So I'd, I'd expect him to see him come back strong. Um, speaking of that manly game, we're going to be playing on uh, next Saturday, Saturday game, uh, 9.35 p.m. New Zealand time, 7.35 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard. Um, and that is at, uh, at Brookvale, Four Pines Park, they call it nowadays. Um, yeah, so that'll be it'd be a tough sort of place to to go and play, but um, you know, I guess we'll be taking on Manly without a couple of guys. Maybe Daly won't be there. Um, Jake Travoyevich will be doing thumbs up in Origin. Um, so yes, oh Willie, oh Willie, we don't know that. Well, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Not sure. Jerbo, he said. Uh, well, I think un- unfortunate for Jerbo, <laughs> he said. Uh, <laughs> He tries his guts out every week, eh? Drubo, sure but um, yeah. he might not make it. Yeah. There's a bit of a surplus of second rows in that New South Wales team. Like I'd rather have Madison uh, over um, Trebojevic these days. Madison's a gun. Yeah, fair. Um, Monida. <sighs> we need a. Um, we need more than a bounce back game. We need like a bounce back week. We need some fucking rainbows and sunshine coming through for a few days to try and, you know, brighten our, our spirits. Uh, how do you think the next seven days are going to pan out for us? Mm. Mm, that's a good one. <laughs> what's next in controversy corner? That's what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, is Robbo going to headbutt one of his players? The alpha male. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I I would hope what Jazz Tavanga said would kind of ring through the team and some real kind of honesty would be happening within the team. And, um, you know, once they hit the trading this week, um, they would have some different intensity to it or some different mindset to how they tackle these things. But um, I don't know. I'm not saying. I just don't know anymore. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't know, just don't know. And honestly, um, I think that about really that that really sums up a lot of Warriors fans. I'm in the yeah, same boat, bro. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm sort of. All I know is dark is dark and dawn is dawn, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We've been imparting some real wisdom on this uh, particular episode, yeah. guys. So uh, <laughs> I think we couldn't have been any truer. We can be proud of that. Um, but uh, what uh, what do we need to do to beat the Sea Eagles and actually get? A win. Uh, well, true, true to form, true to form, the Warriors play another team that has lost the week before. Um, <laughs> and uh, we always play shit against the SA Eagles and we play them into form. But look, come on, can it get any worse? <laughs> I think we see the vet. We if we hit rock bottom. I think we should get to We hit rock bottom. So, <laughs> but nah, nah. I think. Come on, man. 
get behind the boys. They'll get up. You know, I'll still get the butterflies in my stomach before kickoff. And, you know, I think we just need to go out and just pray for each other. Pray for the boys. Pray for the club. They're coming back to the coming back to New Zealand in a few weeks' time. So, play yeah. for your fans. You know? yeah. Play for your A1. fans. Mate. Give them something to look forward to when you play. Yeah, <laughs> And and all those fans that want to leave, don't let the don't let the boss <laughs> back on the ass. Oh, that's gonna be one of my favorite uh, favorite posts. <laughs> and, he, and the guy was even nice. He was actually quite a nice post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's reasoned and well thought out and logical and then yeah, they just get, get the old headphone after it. Um, <laughs> Isaac, do you think we've um we've reached the darkest part of the dawn? <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I'm gonna be a bit of a uh uh negative knee on this, but I don't think we have. I think there's more more to come, mm. unfortunately. I don't think this is as bad as going to get. And what what makes it even worse is I think the Aussie media uh, and Aussie league fans will just be loving it. And that's what really hurts as well, is they're probably just loving the fact the Warriors are just in such disarray. Um, and all the clamoring for, oh, I shouldn't have a New Zealand team, should have another Australian team. Well, it's pretty hard not to say that or not to agree when we're, we're going through what we're going through. And I don't think it's finished yet. Mm. I think there's... There's more under the surface. I hope there isn't, but mm, there's something going on. There's something going on. What What's next? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. What's, that's true. Yeah, what's next in the, this week's episode of, uh, you know, Shorten Street Warriors Edition? I've got an idea, actually, um, and it's a classic rebrand, and this is kind of based on the assumption that we may get a second New Zealand league team at some point in the you know next few years but i reckon we rebrand the new zealand warriors we take it back to auckland so that's the the location name auckland team name browns auckland browns the auckland browns oh, nothing to do with nathan oh, brown no. <laughs> but it works um and yeah an homage to the uh, the cleveland browns we could change our <laughs> colors as well brown <laughs> just go brown just go brown what <laughs> Auckland Browns Jasko yeah, Brown. Auckland Browns <laughs> Brownie and the Browns I don't actually even know how to finish this episode uh, to be honest um, <laughs> what about the what about the Auckland Double Browns <laughs> there you go <laughs> you be better, bro. Uh, <laughs> something we can all get behind the Auckland Bitters <laughs> alright mm. <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap this thing up um, Monitor um, I don't know I don't know is this week going to be worse than the last <laughs> I don't want to be negative, Nancy. Uh, okay, no, it won't be. It can't be as bad as this, right? It can't be. <laughs> Knock on wood. Uh, we've already hit the dawn, right? So we can't get any worse. So. I don't know if we've hit the dawn. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dawn. When is the, the dawn? dawn? Don't hit dawn, the dawn. Jeez, <laughs> dark. Don't let the dawn hit you in the ass. <laughs> okay. In the midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac, bro, is it going to get any worse this week, or will we have a, a reprieve? Uh, I don't. Uh, can it get any worse? I really hope not. I don't don't know if it'll go great, but I don't know if it can go any worse. But um, fuck it, why don't they just throw caution to the wind and just try playing like they enjoy the game? You know, they got nothing to lose. You might as well just you know 
typical Disney movie, just play the game to have fun. And then all of a sudden, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. like the Mighty Ducks. It's Quack. like Mighty Ducks. Yeah, bud. Quack. Quack. Yeah. Quack. 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 Just us form a mighty V in the middle of their rugby league field. <laughs> Someone's going to bring out the yeah. drums again. What the fuck is this? You can break the drums there. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, you can, uh, you can farewell us, bro, with um, your, your wise words. What is that correct saying of the dawn? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's dawn's sister's dark. But it's Father's Day. Oh. The, dawn, the dawn is the dawn and the dark is the dark. <laughs> Oh, my name is Jared Cronin. It has been your Warriors today. This is Warriors Anonymous tonight. We'll catch you next week. Go the fucking Warriors. Oh, Go the no. fucking Warriors. Go, go, go. Oh. 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 Oh.